Jesus. Well, a lot of the times, I, things I go through, and I'm sure you feel the same way, I don't just need somebody actually with me. I need them packing me. You've been there? Somebody to go along with you, is, it's a great thing, but sometimes you get so low and you just get, get to going through so many things, you just can't hardly put one foot in front of the other. And all of a sudden, something helps you and you, it happens. And then you look back and think, how did I get from there to here? And I'm alive. I made it by the grace of God. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to have such a Savior tonight? I greet you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. Certainly an honor for us to be able to be back together again. Appreciate the Lord. I'm so glad that um, y'all group A or group B or one or two. or Y'all are one, right? Group one. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hopefully we'll, we won't have to do any of that stuff anymore. Uh, we so appreciate you coming. I'm so sorry you have to wear those masks. I hate preaching to Lone Rangers, but um, <laughs> this is what they've asked us to do. So <clears throat> I understand some people had a hard time Sunday with their mask and all of that. And I know for myself, um, I'm still doing some things and getting out. And I was out early this morning doing some stuff and out at Lowe's and I had on a big old thick double type mask and Oh, but you've done had it. I have, but I don't want to bring it in on my daughter who's taking chemo, you see. So I try to think of others, not just myself. The time I got done doing that, I was a painting like I don't know what. So I know it can be difficult. So we just try to make do with it as best we can, and I believe the Lord will help us, don't you? Yes. Let's turn tonight, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. What a great, uh, a great thing we're living in in this day. It's a terrible time as far as the world is concerned. The darkness that's on the earth, the uh, condition of the earth, and yet at the same time, there's never been such a wonderful day. It's certainly a day of contrast. Really depends on which side you're on is how that it's going to affect you. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one, we're all very familiar with this. It's a prophetic uh, utterance given to us from the church, first church age messenger. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. This must have been quite outstanding in, in the realm of prophecy for this to be said. Because since the fall of man, man has always loved himself. So wonder why this would be so emphasized that man will love himself. Unless there's going to be such an increase of self-love that the Spirit of God wanted to be sure and point it out. So if that is so, it alarms us that we're going to have to be careful. That self-love does not become so big inside of us. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Are we living in such a time? Yes, Did this come off the press yesterday in the Washington Post or New York Times? It could have because it's so current. That's right. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, Incontinent, which the word incontinent means lack of self-control. 
incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. So it's amazing, even in this terrible time, there's still some good folks around. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. But yet, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. So many of these people that we read about are not agnostics and infidels and unbelievers. But you see, the prophet tells us part of the spirit of the last days is to live any way you want to live and still maintain your testimony. I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, I'm a Church of God, I'm a message person, I'm this, that, and other. But don't you tell me how to live, and don't you go to meddling in my business, and you leave me alone. But I'm still a Christian, and I'm going to heaven. About everybody goes to heaven anymore when they die, you know that, right? About everybody goes to heaven. You know, they don't have to live right, don't have to go to church, don't have to really do anything. But everybody wants them to go to heaven. They die drunk, they die high on overdose of drugs, but yet everybody expects you to preach them right in the gates. It's an amazing time that we're living in. It's a very deceitful time. Let's read this from the junction of time, paragraph 34. Angels appear in the end time. All the prophets and the signposts point, saying this day that angels will appear. Prophets will arise. Signs and wonders. And if God did that for those little junctions back there. Now he's mentioned Moses, he's mentioned Noah, he's mentioned the Lord Jesus, he's mentioned these different junctions of time, and yet when he comes right down to this, he categorizes these as little junctions back there. What will he do now when all hell turned loose? All heaven will turn loose. Angels appearing, signs and wonders on the earth. And notice what else will happen now. Signs and wonders on the earth, the counterfeits arising. God proving which is right and wrong. Now, even though we don't like to look at it that way, there's only one way God can prove which is right and wrong. They both must be on the earth at the same time. Counterfeits have got to be here just like the real and the genuine. How many want to be remembered tonight before the Lord? God bless your heart. Lord Jesus, we bow our heads to the dust of the earth from whence we were, are taken, and we know without a change in the body, one day we will go back to those elements from which our body was taken from. But we are so grateful, Father, that you've made a way that when the last breath shall depart from this body, our respiration shall fall back. Lord God, there'll be no animation of this life left at all, and we are what we call dead. We are so thankful, Lord Jesus, that you've made a way that all we've simply done is change coats. We've moved beyond this old coat here, which got old and worn and sick and afflicted, and we moved into a new body. If there's one here tonight, Lord Jesus, that has not made full preparation for that change, I pray you would speak to us by your word. Heavenly Father, we count it an honor that we can be able to be gathered together again tonight. 
We know, Lord, that this COVID thing is certainly not past and it's still moving among the saints of God. Lord, Brother Ron Spencer, losing a deacon brother this week, has also Brother Gene Lehman been passed away. And Lord, in contact with the difference of brothers and this thing still affecting difference of the saints of God. But we're asking, Lord, for your complete deliverance that you'll help us, Father. Dear God, we pray that you'd not only be mindful of those with that, but other needs among us. But we believe our God is a God of the supernatural. We thank you for what you've done in this prayer request a while ago, Lord. That's wonderful. We thank you that you're that kind of a father. We bring our needs before you tonight. We lay them at the throne of God. I pray that you'd speak to us by your great word in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saint said, Amen. Wow. Would you care to say that again? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated. Now, I like those even when I'm preaching, too. So if you want to give me those, I, I would appreciate it. It's quite a time of contrast that we find ourselves living. Brother Branham gave us several laws that... God and the universe and nature and creation work by, and we won't go into, into all of them tonight, but one of the ones that I'd like to call your attention to is the law of contrast. It's a law that I'll be glad when we no longer need it. It's a law that we really cannot appreciate health until we experience some sickness, it's a law that we cannot appreciate the blessing of God and peace and happiness and things like that until we experience some difficult times. It really makes me sad in my heart that we need as human beings to have this law to make us appreciate the good things of God. Why, why cannot we just go on without the law of contrast and have health and goodness and mercy and good things and all of that? Why do we need this other side to kind of shake us up a little bit? It's because of the complacency of our humanity. It's that oh Ishmael that even the good becomes so common the good things around us and the kind things and the merciful things of our Father, that we take them so for granted that He has to sometimes let things come around to shake us up a little bit and get us out of our comfort zone, as it were. We need that law of contrast. That law has existed since the fall of man, but there's certainly been times that the law of contrast was worse than it was with others. And we know that God will take several of these laws and he will run them together. Though they may not exactly run over like this, but they will run parallel in that they will run side by side. So the law of contrast will run with the law of the phenomenal. The law of the phenomenal will work with the law of the supernatural. And yet it will all work with the law of God, which absolutely works with the will of God. God will take sometimes things that are running over here in a parallel that are permissive will, and he can never actually make permissive will ever become perfect will, but he will make them cross sometime in a junction, and he will take them and make them blend in to his perfect will. 
And we know that the law of contrast does the same thing. That God wants, of course, his children to be appreciative for all that he does. But I'm sure that because part of the anointing of the Laodicean age is for the people to be unthankful and not appreciative, but more so, well, God owes me this and the church owes me that. My mama owes me this and my daddy owes me that. You owe it to me. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Well, you know, sometimes God has to let things be taken from us a little bit to kind of help wake us up a little bit. And realize he absolutely owes you nothing. God owes none of us anything. Is that right? Now, when we go to thinking that the world owes us and the government owes us, all this owes us and that owes us, well, I'm afraid we're getting, getting ready to experience the law of contrast to where God's going to let you go through time so we're, that God won't answer you just as soon as you pray. And God may not move in exactly the way you pray, but God will move in the way that'll please Him and in a way that'll also kind of shake you up because God will answer your prayer and He'll answer your prayer and He'll answer your prayer. We as human beings, we become used to that monotonous thing and then we become to expect it. Well, I pray one time and God does it. You think, oh my, God's fixing to shake you up a little bit. Then God will let you pray the second time, the third time, the fourth time, first week, second week, third week. God don't answer you and say, Lord, what's wrong here? What's wrong? He's kind of readjusting your attitude and kind of helping you to understand that he controls you, that you don't control him. And that prayers are answered according to the will of God and the time of God. And we all love the supernatural, do we not? We love to experience the supernatural move of God. But even in God dispensing of the supernatural, God has to do it in a way that will correlate with his great divine wisdom. Because man, even in God using the supernatural, man will tend to take that toward himself. So a man prays for somebody and they get well, and he prays for somebody else and they get well. If that man isn't careful, that man will want to take part of that glory. Well, it's my prayer. I prayed for so-and-so. I prayed for so-and-so. I done this. I done that. More than likely, if that man's a real servant of God, God will probably draw back a little bit of that supernatural and let him go through a dry spell to help him to realize he ain't the only one that God hears. Now, it's a shame that God has to do us that way, but you see, it's still the old Ishmael that takes away the joy of Isaac. Won't you be glad when we don't need Ishmael? Now, living under that law of contrast is where we are in this dispensation of the last day. Watch this in the deity of Jesus Christ. Brother Bram tells us the darkness of communism is pushing all over the world, closing in like a great shadow. And this is the law of contrast. Take light before day. It's always the darkest before day because the days are breaking, pushing the darkness. It's the law of contrast, you see. It makes it the darkest before the day breaks. And yet that is a fearful time. It's kind of a scary time for us human beings because we say, well, the light is getting brighter and brighter. It is. But the darkness is getting darker and darker. And it's amazing because you and I can actually experience both at the exact same time. 
In our flesh realm, in the natural realm, probably most of us would say it's never been so dark. It feels so scary. The unknown, the uncertainty of things that are around us. You know, the, the money, the stock market, it's uncertain. You don't know from one day to the next. The president gets puts in the hospital and the stock market plunges. He gets out of the hospital and it raises up. If our stock market and our money is that volatile based upon a man being checked in and checked out of the hospital, somebody tell me where we are. If it's that volatile because of the polls say this one day and the polls say something else the next day and the stock market goes up and down like a yo-yo, we are in a mess. Now come on, you might as well say amen. Now, you know, but looking at that, it shows us the volatility of where we are in the money. It shows us where we are in politics, in religion, the race of the world. And we show that by what people are trying to do is get so caught up in the hour that we're living. But yet at the same time, the light of the word of God to individuals that are in love with the Lord Jesus, they have never seen the word of God, the will of God in such a great time as they are. And what they feel like is so pertinent in the priorities of their life. And yet you can walk right out of this building here tonight and sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and get a phone call or a text and your world be totally turned upside down. And the greatness of that light that you experienced in the presence of God and it seemed like it just fled away from you in a matter of seconds. Amen. know what I'm talking about? Yet in reality of our soul, none of that really changes us. But it shows that our Ishmael is still susceptible to this time and this world and the darkness that we're in. Now because we are a being that is sensitive to the supernatural world, every true born again believer becomes into greater contact with the supernatural. Every human being that has a conscience, of course, of course a soul, a mind, mind, a spirit, and they have the right, right mind and their ability to sense supernatural and sense a phenomenal that can be around them. They know that there's something. I mean, those of you that have studied a little bit about the places in Arizona and the different parts of the world where people that don't really believe in God, but they believe there's a certain spots on the earth and they take the rocks there. You're familiar with some of those types of people and they go to Sedona and different places like that and they will buy certain rocks or they bring their own rocks with them and they will fly out there, drive out there and they'll go to certain spots because they're in tune with these rocks and they will take these rocks to these certain spots and when they're in these spots, they're feeling more energy. Oh boy. And when they take their rocks in those spots, then they take the rocks back home and their rocks have become energized Dear Jesus, and they think we're crazy. But yet to them, you know, this is really their religion. Well, you know, I mean, I'd be in a mess tonight because sure as the world, I'd forget where I put my rock. I'd forget, was it in that drawer? Oh, Lord, don't tell me I lost it. Where is my rock? But that's one good thing about it. When I can't find my keys, when I can't find my wallet, Jesus is still where he needs to be inside my soul. 
But you see that people that don't even believe in God, but yet somehow they're tied to a world of what they believe is phenomenal, what they believe is some source of energy, and so man is made to be a, a supernatural being. But to those that are born again, we don't have to have rocks and we don't have to rub a skull and you know do some type of abracadabra type of a deal, but we know that once we become born again, that we have the source of the supernatural that lives inside of us every day of our life. So it's not out of the ordinary for us to believe that that source, which is Almighty God, lives and works in us and we expect him to manifest himself in the way of supernatural because we see him do that in our lives. Now we know that he takes certain times and certain occasions by which he desires to express the phenomena. And the phenomenon is something that cannot be explained. There's absolutely no way for you to explain it. It's something that shouldn't be, and yet it is. It's something that you're not sure how it moved from here to there. It transposed, it changed, it transfigured, and there's no scientific explanation. There's no way that you can actually cause it to do it again, but it happened. Well, to a child of God, we are taught, first of all, by nature, to believe in such a thing. So when we see all hell that is breaking loose against the people of God, it ought to be a great signpost for us that our expectation should be rising to a place that we believe all heaven is also gonna come down. Now, the worst thing that you can do as a believer is to associate all supernatural with 1906 Pentecost. For some of you who have this fear that myself or some other minister in preaching about signs and wonders and miracles and, and that sort of thing with the phenomenon is taking you back to a repeat of Pentecost. Well, let me just assure you first off that God was before 1906. The supernatural God that manifested himself in the realm of supernatural was before Azusa Street, in the middle of Azusa Street, and after Azusa Street. So miracles is not just an association with what happened on Azusa Street. Neither is it just an association with what happened in Acts 2. But it is an association with the person who is a supernatural being himself. And since he is supernatural, then wherever he is, supernatural automatically takes place. So don't get in your mind when you hear me preach this or as I said to others that we're all know, here we go, we're going back to Pentecost. No, we are not going back to Pentecost. We're going further back than Pentecost ever was. We're going back to the very beginning. And part of God's nature, and I know for years that the message has gone through different cycles and we, we got to such a place where we didn't worship God, we didn't believe in miracles no more, God couldn't speak to nobody, to nobody no more, you know, if you did, just trying to impersonate Brother Branham, but surely we've grown and matured enough now to know that it's not Brother Branham that's Hebrews 13, 8, but it's Jesus Christ. So if Jesus Christ's nature is to perform the supernatural, then he did it before Brother Branham. He will do it after Brother Branham because it's not so much Brother Branham's nature that we're looking at, but it's the nature of God. You understand where I'm going? 
Now watch this in God making his promise in 1956 where God is supernatural takes place. How many believe God's in the building tonight? How many believe God's in you? Then is it Pentecostal for you to believe in supernatural or is it not your God-given right to believe in the supernatural? It really has nothing to do with Azusa Street. It has nothing to do with some of y'all thinking, oh Lord, here we're going back to whenever the church was the way it was over in Rome Mountain, and then we moved here, you know, years after that. My goodness, that's where Brother Donnie's taking us. Oh no, Brother Donnie's not taking you there at all. Brother Donnie actually wants to take you back into eternity way farther back than Rome Mountain. Way farther back than whenever, you know, the church started here and it was back 19 so and so and so. No, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about us getting into the very nature of God. And we do not control it. We do not try to make him do it. But we open our hearts and say, Lord, if you want to do it tonight, here's the liberty to do so. But if we see you do it tonight, it does not mean that we will try to repeat the same thing Sunday morning. But what we want you to do is we want you to manifest yourself in the way you choose to do so. Amen. Now that's not us dictating to God. Notice he said the supernatural for he is supernatural. So the supernatural move is not a move that is dictated by a certain time frame. Now God did say that he would restore it and at the end time is when the signs are supposed to return of course in the last days. But myself, I mean, I'm certainly not probably a theologian. I'm certainly not a teacher and nothing like that. Maybe I haven't studied the message as much as some of you have. But I have studied the message enough to know that I've not found any quotes or any scriptures where Brother Ram said, after I'm gone, that God will revert back to that silent stage and God will heal no more. God will move no more. Now, if I miss that, y'all are welcome to send me those quotes and those scriptures and I certainly will say that I'm wrong. But I have read and studied and I'm doing a search right now on the word supernatural. If you'd like to search with me, 1300 and something quotes if you have time. And so far in my study, I've not found that Brother Branham is projecting that he is supernatural anyway. I've not found that Brother Branham was projecting that Paul was the supernatural one, but what I've found is that Brother Branham was bringing to us the consciousness of the supernatural presence of Almighty God. And if that is so, then the presence of God, if he's here among us, then should not we expect the supernatural? Now watch, for he is supernatural. That's the reason people turn up their nose and walk away when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'll admit, I've seen a lot of nonsense. I've seen a lot of bogus dollars too, but that don't say there isn't a genuine one. It only means that there is a real one. Now, anytime we go to talking about supernatural and you talk about God being able to move and this and that and the other and God speaking to this man or that man, Satan will always raise up ones among you and this one will start having visions and this one will have dreams and this one will have tongues and this one will have something else. And you know why Satan does it? To scare the crows. So if it scares you, that's bad on your identity. 
Now, what you should do is be like the little groundhog when Brother Branham was out there planting butter beans. And he was planting his garden, and he went out there and plowed it, tilled it, whatever it was, and got out there, and he laid the straight row, and he put the butter beans out. And whenever he did, the groundhog come in behind him, and he dug up the butter beans. Well, Brother Branham planted them again, and the little groundhog come again. He was really having an astro- gastronomical jubilee, wasn't he? But Brother Branham said he got tired of doing that, said he wanted to make a scarecrow. So he took a stick and he took a paper bag and he said, boy, anything I would draw would definitely be scary. So he drew a face on that paper bag and he put it out there so whenever that groundhog come out and the wind started blowing and it started blowing that paper bag, he put some butter beans in that bag and whenever he did, it started rattling around on the big old face and he said that groundhog come out and the breeze blowing that paper bag and when he did, that groundhog jumped back and he jumped back a little bit and then the wind eased down and it quit making the noise and he come back out a little bit and the wind started blowing again. And you know what? He began to realize there's something funny about that. That thing don't look right. I'm not sure if he's alive. So he said he finally was convinced that it was not real. So finally the groundhog kept coming right up the row, come right to where the scarecrow was, eat butter beans right up to where he was, went on around the scarecrow and kept going right down the line eating butter beans. Well, let me tell you, children of God, you need to eat some butter beans tonight. Some of you still got uncle so-and-so in your mind and ain't so-and-so and somebody in our church or this church or somebody else that got all infatuated and got all caught up in emotion and you let that old scarecrow stop you from butter beans. Well, you need to go on, Mr. Groundhog, and realize that God's got great things for us. I believe with all of my heart, the untapped resources that are in the kingdom of God that we've never yet even broke into. Brother Brandon mentions that over and over again. Notice this again in the of the south. And in all ages, God had men, and he's had his ministry in every age. This is another quote why I still believe a God called ministry is still ongoing. God is supernatural, and when God comes on the scene, supernatural takes place. Now remember, we're talking about getting in the spirit. So the world is getting in the spirit of burning buildings and marching streets and all this and that and the other. They're getting in the spirit of trying to get rid of all the police and they're getting rid in the spirit of banning this and banning that. They're getting in the spirit of politics and arguing and fussing and fighting. This is the spirit I want to get in. I want to get in more of the supernatural, more of the phenomenal. Oh, 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 Brother Donnie, oh my, that scares me, that scares me. I want to get in the Word. I'm in the Word too, and I believe that with all of my heart. But I believe the Word, according to the Word, these signs shall follow them that believe the Word. I'm not following signs. Signs are to follow me and you as believers. And when God comes on the scene, supernatural takes place. Notice, no exception. No exception, except when I'm gone. Or except any other ministry except for me. No, this is only me. This is only my ministry. You added to what he said. Now, notice supernatural takes place for he is supernatural. And his people always look for him in, uh uh-oh, his people always look for him in the supernatural. Now, don't raise your hands, but how many of you, when you come to church, do you look for God to move in the supernatural? 
Or do you just expect, well, Brother Louie will sing a few songs or whoever's singing the song and then we'll have a special or two and then Brother Donnie will preach and, and read some quotes and then we'll, you know, we'll do this or that. Or is that just what you think church will be? Well, it's just a humdrum of repeat of life and, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if God will do anything or not. Well, he only comes to those who are looking for him. So if we don't look for him, then more than likely he will not come and manifest himself in a great way. I think we ought to expect him now greater than ever before. Notice then he said his people always look for him in the supernatural because when they become sons of God, they become the nature of God. And in that, they pick up that Believing him, by faith, they believe that what God says is the truth, no matter how contrary it may seem. Again, he says, always God is supernatural. Where God is, supernatural things take place. And Happy Valley said, where God is, supernatural things. But Brother Donnie, we also pray for people and many of them die. And, and we pray for people and, and they don't get a positive report. But we don't stop praying, friends. Just because that they get a negative report today don't mean they might not get a positive one tomorrow. We don't stop praying just because God decides to take people. Remember the general orders is that we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And we pray that way until we get the leading in our heart that you know what? God is gonna take this brother. God is gonna take this sister. That does not change the general orders. We go through this traffic light down here. Uh, you know, whenever those of you that are coming from this direction and you're sitting there patiently waiting for that air to change and when it changes, you better put your foot in the carburetor because you've got about three seconds. You know how that is. You've been caught there like I have. That light absolutely hates me. I've sat there through four changes, through five changes. I sat there a few Sundays ago. And, oh, it ain't just me only. Well, hallelujah. I thought that light knew my face. I've sat there through four changes and five changes. I sat there several Sundays ago and I finally just pulled out and went down there and don't you know when I pulled out and turned down, it changed. Everybody behind me that was coming to church was able to make the left-hand turn. So what do we do? We stand there, the traffic light is general orders. But if after church, you go down there and there's a police officer standing there with his automobile and he's got his lights flashing and he stands there even though the light says green on your side, guess what? You just got a break in general orders. So now we've got a man standing there that says, no, you cannot go. But wait a minute, the traffic light says it's green, but he overrode the traffic light and he's telling you to stop. Now the person on this side, the traffic light may be red and they're saying, I'm not supposed to go. I'm not supposed to go. Yes, you are because this man right here said, come on. Well, we lay hands on the sick. We claim God's promise. We believe and we ask God to move. But sometimes father stands there and said, no children, it's time for this one to come home. And we say, okay, Papa. So we'll sit right here and wait then. Praise the Lord. And you say, well, you prayed all them prayers in vain. No, we did not. We did not pray our prayers in vain. We were simply praying as he told us to pray and we wait for the further revelation of the will of God. 
Praise the Lord. Don't be discouraged and all down and hearted. Whenever we pray for someone, they wound up going and say, oh my goodness, something happened. Brother Caleb was talking to me yesterday on the phone and he said that Sister Janet praying up for Brother Lehman and we prayed and prayed for our Brother Gene. And yes, Sister Janet told the family on Monday, I, I don't know how to pray no more. I, I don't know what to ask the Lord no more. And Caleb was talking about it and Sister Teresa talking about it. It was like something began to lift from the family. Something began to live. You know what it was? It was Papa getting them ready. I told Carol Monday morning, I said, unless the Lord moves with Brother Gene this week, we'll be having a funeral before the week's over. So you know what? When Papa stands there and he holds out his hand, then what do we do? We obey what Papa says. And we don't question, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, we, we don't question him. We just say, Papa, you know what's best. We accept that as your will. So, Brother Donnie, are you still going to pray for the sick? Yep, absolutely. Going to keep praying for him until I get so old I can't lay my hands on him. Why? Because that is general orders. But if Papa takes someone home, that don't change general orders. I keep doing exactly what he's called me to do. Then Papa will stand there and say, Donnie, this one's going to come home. Okay, Father, I'm sorry. Then go ahead and take them on home. Then we'll get right back in there. After church is over tonight, some of you are going to go left. Some of you are going to go right. Some of you are going to go straight through. What's going to direct to your path? It's going to be that traffic light. The will of God is what we long for more than anything else. Is it not? But then in that, there will be supernatural. Even in the death of a child of God. I won't get into it because I'm going to speak on it tomorrow night. But even in the passing of a child of God, there is an element of the supernatural that our eyes do not see. It is a great portal into the realm of eternity that is opened up to a believer. Or you say that everybody dies the same way. They do not. Saints of God do not die in the same way that sinners die. And we know that it is the supernatural crossing. It is the merging of time into eternity. It is the ending of the unseeable. It is the ending of pain and sorrow and difficulty and the merging into the brighter presence of his being. And yet for that, it takes the supernatural element. It's the crowning of your salvation once you're able to pass into this immortal realm. Notice he said, if God has always been supernatural, he always will be supernatural. Therefore, but the supernatural must be vindicated by God. We know that there's all kinds of mysticism. There's all kinds of different theories, sensations, and everything in the world today. But in the midst of it, there remains a true and a living God. And the church said... We find out that in all generations everywhere, in all generations when God appears, supernatural signs come. Notice in one, none of these quotes that I've read to you is Brother Branham calling it Pentecostal. He's calling it God. Why? Because supernatural signs are not Pentecostal. They are God. They are not Baptist, they are not Methodist, they're not Church of Christ, they're not message. They're God. Amen. Notice there never has been a revival. Take Luther, Wesley, whoever it might be, divine healing and great signs and wonders accompanied ever revival. For God is supernatural and where the supernatural is, supernatural 
will be done. Oh, you say, well, I've got it, and we've got it in our church, but we never have no movement? No, 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 that's not possible. If supernatural is here, it must manifest itself. If it can find true hearts that will take him at his word and say, God, we believe you for that which we cannot see, and we're going to speak it as if though it's already happened. What's this now? Whenever it does, the supernatural and the miraculous and the omnipotence will tie together. Now we know, of course, that we are not any of these things. Once we're born again, we become a supernatural being. But we do not have this resource by ourselves. It is in us, but not from us. But omnipotence will truly declare the miraculous. And when God wants to manifest himself, he must have hearts open to it. Now if that's the kind of God we're serving, if that's the omnipotence we're serving, then what have we got to worry about? Sickness or death or sorrow or corruption or whatever more? One of these days, all these old atoms that's holding these bodies together is gonna be broke away and we're going back to the dust and the light's going back and all the other parts of the earth is going back to its place. But at the resurrection, Brother Branham blows, at the resurrection, step into it. That'll be it. Yes, sir. Isn't that wonderful? And that same promise that the same God makes appears to us in the meeting that blesses our hearts. So the supernatural that the people were experiencing in the 50s and the 60s and Brother Ram's meetings, what was it? It was the very same God of the resurrection. Well, is he the same tonight or not? Is Jesus Christ the same or just kind of the same? Sort of, maybe. He's, he's God, but he ain't got power. He's the word, but he ain't got no manifestation. He just kind of sits around with his hands across his chest and don't really do nothing no more. Is that, is that, is that the kind of God our God is? Notice this, and the same promise that the same God makes appears to us in the meeting, blesses our hearts, gives us his word, changes us from sinners to his children. Saints, washes us in his blood, heals us when we're sick, foretells us things to come, shows us our sins, amen, hallelujah, and iniquity every time perfect. We haven't got nothing to worry about then. Oh my, have we? We're just on our road home, so why wouldn't we want to love and serve and cherish one like that? My, knowing that don't know what a minute that the heart will make its life beat and we're finished, but step out of this life and step into his presence. But we know that there are certain junctions now in the timeline that God will express his omnipotence in a greater way. And he always does it for a divine purpose. And it may be a compound reason is to deal with the unbelievers, of course, to show them a sign, also condemn many of them that will turn it down. But it will also be for the encouragement of the saints, for the uplifting of the saints. What's this? Omnipotence spoke at every junction. And when the church cooled off, and then omnipotence spoke, miracles take place. Notice this sequence now, when the church cools off, then omnipotence will speak, and miracles will happen. Why? Omnipotence speaks. And this is the junction of all junctions. This is the end time. 
The end of the whole history of the world is right, oh my, now at hand. So you can expect omnipotence to speak and you can expect the greatest and mightiest miracles that's ever happened on the earth will happen in the next few years to come. Now, there would be those in our ranks that would tell us God no longer does that. And I do agree with them. He no longer does that for those in our ranks who don't believe. But I hope that ain't us. Now, will any man on the earth tonight, any message preacher, have a ministry that will ever surpass Brother Branham? If you believe that, you are plumb deceived. Nobody will ever have the gifts or the ministry or none of that that Brother Branham had. There's one to a generation. But the focus is not going to be on one ministry. There's only one man that all the bride will listen to around the world, and that is the ministry of Malachi 4. There's not a pastor, there's not a teacher, there's not an evangelist that everybody in the bride's gonna listen to. Oh, there's some that tell you they are, but you just know they're telling you a lie. But there's one man that all the bride around the world, of course, listens to and feeds on his ministry, and that is the ministry of Brother Branham. But God will have pastors and evangelists and teachers. God will have people in the bride that never heard the name Donnie Reagan, Tim Pruitt, or any of these other ministers that God has called out, but they've heard the name of Jesus Christ, and they've heard the ministry of Malachi 4, and the supernatural power of God is moving among them. Well, how in the world can that be since they never heard of Happy Valley? Well, apparently it's not necessary to hear of Happy Valley and to be able to have supernatural in your life. And Happy Valley said, amen, that's right. So the thing we want to focus on, you know, not this great, great preacher and this great, great man. We want to focus on this great, great God, which is among us and desires to express himself. Now, do I look for miracles every time I come together? No, not unless there's miracles that are needed. Because I want to be balanced in such a way that if God sends a service that we cry, I want to cry. And if I don't cry, I want to enjoy those who are crying. And if God sends a service and we're rejoicing, I want to rejoice. If he'll let me rejoice, and if he don't, I'm going to rejoice with you that are rejoicing because you need it. Amen. So if God wants to send a miracle, then I come expecting that our God is God enough and big enough and supernatural enough to do it. Am I going to have a prayer line every night? Nope. Am I going to stand up and say, all right, there's somebody here tonight that needs a miracle? Nope. But if we have need of it, I believe our God can do it. How many believes with me? Now what's this? So this is what Brother Bram tells us that we can expect that the supernatural will come. Then watch, now notice actually makes this profound statement that we're going to see the greatest miracles that's ever happened on the earth in the next few years to come. Then watch for Satan to raise up his too. So you think your God did some of the greatest phenomenal things that had ever hit the earth. We know that during the ministry of Brother Branham. And we know that those things as far as was spread over the earth, they'll never be repeated again. 
Will there ever be 200,000 gathered in Durban and thousands and thousands gathered in India under the auspices of the message? No. But there's little groups and little churches all over India and South Africa and all over the world as far as that goes. But the same supernatural God is moving right among them. Now, you know, y'all may not hear it as much as I do because I'm in contact with brothers around the world, but there are miracles that are happening that's absolutely phenomenal. But it's not happening in the ministry of men that may put out a magazine or they may have a website or they may have this. It may be a little old brother that you've never even heard his name and he'll never be a renowned convention speaker, but God is moving. But what makes it so hard for us is we get it in our mind of what we think the way God will do it. It ain't going to be one great ministry again. It's going to be God in the body, God in the ministry of the bride. Will the bride have a ministry, Brother Branham? Yes, it's going on right now. It consists of pastors, evangelists, teachers. Is that what he said? Question and answer 1964. But yet it's not going to be a repeat of what it was in the 50s and the 60s. We're not going to have Voice of Healing magazines and, and the Voice of Faith magazines and this and that and the other. But it will be things that are going on around the world. Phenomenal, supernatural moves of God. Do you see think CNN or NBC or ABC or any of them will ever take this, what Brother Louis read a while ago, and you think our local newspaper, our local radio station will ever pick this up? This church people prayed for so and so, and this disappeared and that disappeared? You think they want that? No, they'll write other stories about us which are filled with lies, but they sure don't want the supernatural and the miracles. But yet we know and are witnesses that it's still going on. Is that right? Who gets the credit? Well, Almighty God does. It ain't this preacher, it ain't that man, it ain't this person. It's Almighty God, which is the way he wanted it to be in the first place. Notice this, when all heaven turns loose, all hell, ooh. Boy, that sounds bad. So when all heaven turns loose, and the revelatory power of God begins to set your soul on fire with the word. And you're seeing things about yourself and about Satan and about the world that you've never seen before. You say, oh my, this is wonderful. And all hell turns loose too. And sometimes you find yourself just barely, barely seemingly hanging on with keeping your head above the water. With all the stuff that's going on, you're thinking, Lord, have mercy. What in the world's going on? You're fulfilling prophecy. So all heaven is pouring out around your life, but you see we're under the law of contrast. Ooh. Notice this. When all heaven turns loose, all hell turns loose too. And it's prophesied that there be a Jannies and a Jambres on the earth in the last days who would almost impersonate the real thing so close it would deceive the very elect if possible. But friends, it ain't possible. So we're looking for all. Uh-oh. We're looking for all of that. The sad part about it is sometimes we have more faith for all hell than we do for all heaven. 
Now you see, it's the negativism of our natural births that instills that expectation. Well, if anything bad happens, it'll always happen to me. I'm no good, I'm no count, I'm this, this, this. Well, that's gonna bring it right to you. But it takes real faith to look beyond things that you cannot see, feel, taste, smell, hear, and believe what God has said in his word. Oh my. What's this from the sermon God called man? Listen to this carefully now. God called man. Now, if you ever noticed this or not, but when Brother Branham would say the word man, sometimes he would say the word man for men. Occasionally he would say men, and you can tell us the M-E-N, but many times he would say M-A-N in the singular form, but the reference is actually in the plural. Now watch, here's instances in this. God cannot send a revival until he's got man in shape to take it. Wow, and I wonder why in the world you're gonna need men in shape to take it if it's gonna be tapes only. I mean, all you need somebody with a bicycle or a moped or a car or something like that, right? I mean, what kind of shape they need to be in if they're gonna take the revival? My goodness. Now, we cannot, listen to this, we cannot have a revival until we get men. God called men. Wow, I wonder where the tape player is. Wonder where the MP3 player, the CD player. Now, you know why Brother Ram didn't say that? Because Brother Ram was a true prophet, not a false one. A false prophet projects tapes replace the ministry. Amen. Well, I'll get it from that, won't I? Notice, we cannot have a revival. Can't you see why Satan wants to stop God calling men in this message? Because he knows this message will dry up and die. Let the God call men that have the word. When God sent the word of God to the people of Israel and they were to cross Jordan and they were to go on their journey, the word was to be carried in the ark and it was to be over the hearts of the priest. And they were to carry this and it was of course on this side, on the other side of the other guy standing over there and they're to carry the word right over their hearts. So the word went forth first and they crossed the Jordan. The word went forth first when they ran around Jericho on all of their journeys and all of their battles. The word went forth, but the word did not go forth on a cart or it did not go forth on a machine or a mechanics of some man-made something, but the prophet tells us in doing God a service and trying to do God a service so that is will, that it was the word was carried above the hearts of human beings. The priesthood, preachers. Happy Valley says. Now why? Because a tape player cannot feel your infirmities. A tape player can only play the tape that is picked out for that night which was recorded in 1958 or 1960 or 1961. You will never pull on that tape player and pull that tape player to say something you have need of in that service. Yeah. 
But a man of God can stand on the pulpit and he's studied and he's prayed and he's prepared. He doesn't even have your need in his notes. He has no quotes, no scriptures that pertain to your need. But you're sitting there and you said, God, please speak to me tonight. God, you know my need. And Father, here's your prayer in heaven. And the Spirit of God goes to moving on that man's gift and moves him over to the side and he leaves his notes. He leaves his own thinking and he's thinking, what in the world is going on? Lord, did this, I, well, what am I doing, God? I don't even understand this. And yet God will pull him right over to you. It might be for one word, for five words. It might be for five minutes. You've had it happen to you, you know. But that will never happen to a tape player because it can never add anything to what the prophet has already said. Well, praise the Lord. So you can see why Satan would love it nothing better than for all God called preachers to sit down and quit preaching and play tapes only. That way you would never, ever again be able to pull on a gift. That's why it's so hard when you do break those who sit around the tapes for years and years, and that's all they've known, to get them in a church and a live ministry to teach them how to pull because they don't pull on a tape player. They don't know how. They don't know how to pull on a gift. They don't understand they have a great part to play in the way the service goes. All they do is go and sit and sit and sleep and stay awake and sleep and nap and so on while the tape is being played because they don't know how to pull on a gift of God. You're blessed, my friends. But whenever you learn how to pull on a gift of God, you know that service is not pre-recorded as it was. And maybe if you've got a need, God can pull the man of God right over there and speak to you. Oh my, it happened right here Sunday morning. I took care of the service. I said, I was overwhelmed by the way the Lord led me there about the birth and the woman and the womb and the baby and all that. I told her, I said, I did not have a clue how the Lord was going with that because I'd never thought of such a thing before in my life. But there must have been a need for somebody. Maybe it wasn't for you. Maybe it's somebody in France since I got a text from somebody in France after the service. It might have been somebody in Switzerland. Who knows? But this is why we need ministry that can be led by the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you one thing, I would much rather have a song leader up here in the pulpit that is a human, and he may make mistakes, and he may say the wrong key, and you know, whatever more, but I'd much rather have one like that than I would a pre-recorded song leader that would stand up and would push the button, and you know what? He might have picked the wrong song before church, but if the song leader is sensitive, and he'll feel all of a sudden, well, I was gonna go this way and that way, but brothers, let's not go that way, let's go this way. And you know why? It might be your very needs that'll do so. Well, I wish somebody preached with me now. So here is Brother Branham telling us that God cannot bring a revival. Now, we've done had the revival of Malachi 4. Of course, we know that. A world-shaking revival. I'm not looking for a repeat of that. I want a revival for Happy Valley. I want a revival for Donnie Reagan. I want one for Keith Phillips, for Jack Jones, for you sisters, for you brothers. I want a revival for each of you young people. I want us to have a revival of the word of God, not a world-shaking revival, a me-shaking revival. Amen. Is that right? Is that what you want in your heart? 
Well, if God has a pattern, then God can only send revival exactly the same way. We can have revival until we get men, God call men, God trains men that's not trained up in the schools of theology and of education, but rugged men of faith that God has brought up in the school of his rugged training. Now listen what kind of men that we need to pack a revival when God moves. Men who are not afraid to face the fire. Men, notice, not CD player, MP3 player, cassette player, A-track player, reel to reel. He keeps saying it over and over again. Men, men who's come in the presence of God and knows his power and knows his omnipotence. That's why you'll never be able to tell them. I don't care how many scriptures you try to take and how many quotes you try to take. You'll never talk God call men like this out of the supernatural presence of God because they've been in that presence and they themselves are a miracle too. Notice he must not only know quotes. He must not only know scriptures. He must not only know church doctrine, but he must know God's power. He must know God's omnipotence. And he said he knows his healing power. Some men that's trained to know the living God. It's all right to train them by the word, but the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Now, why is it that through the years we've so left this supernatural part and thought, well, the word, the word, the word, the word, the doctrine, the doctrine, the doctrine. I agree that that's only half of the picture, my friends. This comes from the same message that them other quotes come from. Now what? So it all must dovetail together and collate together to make the picture perfectly line up. So it will be men that not only know the quotes on election and the quotes on predestination and the quotes on women preachers, but they must also know the power of God, which you will not learn by memorizing quotes. You will not know the power of God by memorizing. You'll never be able to learn how to yield yourself to the flow of the Spirit of God by quoting scriptures or quoting quotes. You can only learn that by submitting your being in the presence of that supernatural God. Notice, men that's trained to know the living God, it's all right to train them by the word, but the letter killeth, the Spirit giveth life. And before we can have this revival, God has to call out and train. Wow. You mean not one? You see, some of those same people who push the tape only thing also take the title of this sermon, A God That Was Called a Man. You see, you have to be so careful with what you're amening and listening to because of things that go on behind that spirit. No, Brother Branham was not a God called man. He was a man that was called of God. He wasn't a God. His mother was not a virgin, which has also been preached through the years. He was not virgin born. It was not an immaculate conception. He was born lost. Born a sinner, needed to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Even after he had the Holy Ghost, he had to repent and make things right before God. When he told his wife to tell the lawyer he wasn't on the phone, the Holy Ghost called him a hypocrite. Wonder what he calls us sometimes. 
Well, praise the Lord. But you see, he was a God called man. He did not learn this by election. You believe Brother Branham was predestinated? Sure. But he did not learn that by predestination. He had to learn it by experience. Notice this, God trained men. Oh my goodness. And what are these God trained men gonna do? To carry this message. Wow, they don't care what the opposition is, they, notice he's not saying I, 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 me, 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 but they and them and men and them and they, look, I ain't very smart, but I did learn in primer that they and them ain't one. They are willing to go to the fiery furnace in defeat or to the lion's den or whatever it may be. They're ready to go because they've been in the presence of God and know that he is. Whether it's to victory or defeat, they will stand the same. Oh my. That's the kind of training God does to man. And it's very strange to think that God would do that, that God trains his men like that. But he does. You mean some of God men will go to defeat. Some of the gym will be trained in such hardship and such trials that basically their whole life will be under such an onslaught of hell and they'll only get a small reprieve from time to time and they go right back under it and they get under this burden and this burden and that one and that one and they ain't got but three or four days under the right back under, under something that's again, oh my, maybe many times worse than what they just come out from under and people look at them and think, they're must be something wrong with their life. There's something bad going on with them. I'll tell you one thing. We don't never have no troubles in our church. I'm scared of your church then. Boy, my pastor don't never go through nothing. Well, that shows me he ain't interrupting hell. You show me a church that Satan ain't fighting and I'd stay away from that church if I was you. Because it shows that church and that pastor is no threat to the kingdom of hell. Well, amen, Brother Donnie. Notice God leads his people through great trials to purge them, and sometimes it takes years. Wonder how you'd purge an MP3 player. How would you purge a cassette player? Oh, I got it. You take a cotton swab and alcohol. Friends, it would have been so much easier. If God would have just said, you know what, after this, I don't really even need preachers no more because Brother Bram fulfilled all parts of the five-fold ministry. So all you preachers need to do is just go to the church and just push play. You marry the young, bury the dead, counsel those that can, but just be careful, you know, don't handle the word or anything like that. And just uh, send all your excess ties up here to headquarters and we'll do, you know, whatever we deem is necessary to be done with it. And y'all just are puppets under this denominational demon. And, and y'all just, uh, just pick out which tape, or if you're not sure, it's just called headquarters, and we'll tell you which one to play, because we'll tell you which one we're playing, and y'all play the same one we're playing, or y'all can stream the same thing that we're doing. And then that way, we'll all be in the same spirit. I, I don't want that spirit. You see, it'd have been much easier on me when I come to the message if I just sat down. I could have stayed with my wife, with my daughters. I could have spent more time with my family and still just been a so-called preacher, because really, you don't even have to be a preacher in this message to be a pastor for church. Oh, yeah. There's men that are pastors of message churches so-called that ain't even preachers. And they'll answer to God, they'll be judged at the day of judgment. They will be judged at the day of judgment for accepting an office that they're not even called to be in. They're impersonator, which is blasphemy to a God-called gift. 
Well, praise the Lord. It'd been much easier and God eliminated me with all these trials, eliminated all these things that I've had to go through because of the ministry's sake. Uh, much that I've had to go through has nothing to do with my personality, has nothing to do with my human makeup. Much of what Brother Ron Spencer has gone through, Brother Tim Pruitt, me and the brothers that you listen to and you know and love and respect, many of what they've gone through in their life has been for the ministry's sake. What Paul went through was for the ministry's sake and the sake of Christ. How much easier it been if God has just made the tape player 2,000 years ago and just eliminated all of Paul's hardships. My eliminate all the jails and all the prisons and all the sleepless nights and all that sort of thing. Just go around and pack a tape player and just send secret messages, you know, and just eliminate all that sort of thing. But why didn't God do it then? Because that is not God's way. And if God didn't do it then, God ain't going to do it now. And God must mold men and he will bring them right down to a spot to where it will look like, and not only the men, but people inside their assembly as well. They will be so tried. They will be so afflicted. People will turn on them that will break their hearts. They will come to a place many times that I've been there. Do I wonder if I had a real friend in the world that didn't want something from me? Because you see, many people want something from me. Preachers all over the world, they come to me with their hands out. I need this, I need that, I need that, I need that. You don't know how that feels, friends. You don't know how that feels. So everywhere you go, somebody wants something. Will you buy this from me? Will you get this from me? Will you do this for me? Will you do that for me? And you think, if I didn't help people, would they even care about me at all? But yet that's part of what you must go through to where you stand there. My wife don't understand where I stand. My daughters don't understand. Many of you, as much as you love and respect me, much of what I go through, Brother Darrell doesn't even understand. Much of what I go through, I keep buried within myself. The scars in my heart, in my spirit, But am I sending your complaining? Absolutely not. I am so grateful that Almighty God allowed me to be able to bring, hallelujah, and be a part of this great message of the end time. I'd rather live in this day than any other day that's been down through the ages. Do I look for this sort of thing? Yes. But I also look for the supernatural power of God. Oh my, I believe that our God desires my, we think and look look back at Happy Valley whenever God sent me your years ago and we had a revival and we've had different revivals and spurts of revival but I long to see a revival that will lead us to the consummation of the body change. That our faith will be so elevated in the presence of God that if a person walked up here without an arm that our faith would be so high that our God could put an arm right back on their body. Now look, friends, the prophet of God has told us that there will come a time that missing limbs will be restored. Oh, Brother Don, are you trying to make yourself something? I will make myself nothing in order for that something to be made manifest. It's not going to happen on those men who want to be something. It will happen to men like this, that God crushes them. God takes them in his hand and nearly grinds them to powder. Why? So he can release his supernatural phenomenal power and they will not become puffed up and high-minded and think there's something. If we ever get to that spot, we are on our road out. But the way up, my friends, is down. And the greater God uses us, what do we want to do? We want to become smaller and smaller. Where? In our own eyes. No, we're not a great church. No, you ain't got a great preacher. No, we're not a mighty people. We are a bunch of nothings. We are a bunch of nobodies that God, by his 
his grace chose to allow us to be a partaker of the light, of the mercy, of the revelation, of the grace, of the peace of God, of this end time. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. 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 Oh my, can I read you one more paragraph of this? God leads his people through great trials to purge them. And sometimes it takes years to do it. As for myself tonight, I believe that right now God is training such men to meet the front line. Men who are going through and time shook from their feet. Sometimes look like the whole thing's falling But yet in the midst of it all, they know the living God and they keep their face forward and keep moving on. Let me read one more. Brother, as a gospel preacher this morning, I believe the Holy Ghost speaking through mortal lips today, anointed ministers are speaking. The time has come. Time is here. And omnipotence has answered. The miraculous is taking place. Has to do with the junction. Praise God. You believe it? Oh, praise God. Then what happens sometimes in the expression of human weakness? Omnipotence gathers itself. I've only got one more quote here before I kind of change and go another direction. Can I read one more? He was omnipotent, talking about Jesus, and miraculous. And if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll be with you to the end of the world, how can we look for anything else but when he speaks for the miraculous to happen? How can we expect anything else So here he goes down to the grave weeping. And then omnipotence gathered itself together. (laughs) Praise God. Omnipotence gathered itself together. Isn't it amazing that omnipotence in a human body needs to gather itself? So omnipotence gathered itself together and spoke, Lazarus, come forth. And a man that was already rotting, the nose that fell from his face in four days and the skin worms had done set in. Corruption knew its master. Hallelujah. He gave back the life of this dead man and a man that was dead, once dead, stood on his feet and lived again. The miraculous. I am the resurrection and the life, saith God. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And that same Lord Jesus is right here tonight. And for those of you streaming, he's right in your boat, right in your home, in your office, in your car, wherever you're pulling this service in. He's mindful of you. Many times all that needs to happen is for you to wake Jesus in your little boat of life. For the disciples had him on board. But they were afraid they were going to sink. And they had to go say, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? 
He woke as a man, still tired as a man, stepped up to the bow of the ship, maybe raised his little small foot up and put it up on the bow of the ship, straightened himself out, spoke to the wind and said, peace, be still. And the wind heard omnipotence. I don't know if the disciples heard omnipotence or not. They saw the effect. It may have sounded like the voice of Jesus that said, I've got a headache. Or the voice that Jesus said, I'm tired, can we rest? But omnipotence spoke. Praise God. You say, Brother Donnie, it's that simple. Yep, Brother Mamis, all you need to do is wake Jesus in your life. Just shake him and wake him up in the boat of your life. Your faith to be shaken and aroused and wake beyond COVID and wake beyond the fear of this. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'm terrified of the election. Don't be. God already knows who the winner is. Oh, but I'm so afraid that Trump's going to get it. I'm so afraid that Biden's going to get it. I'm afraid either one of them's going to get it. Lord, have mercy. But the powers that be are ordained of God. I told him yesterday, Lord, you know exactly who's going to win. So therefore, I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to do one of the things that I'm good at. I'm going to pray and commit it to you. God, give us who we need. If we need Biden, so be it. If we need Trump, so be it. I'd go as far as to say, God, if we need Pelosi, so be it. Look, friends, I don't know about you. I'm sick of living in this place. I'm ready to leave. We all want to go home, and we want to leave this world, and we want prophecy to be fulfilled, but as softly and as gently as possible. You see, we were hatched out in this eagle's nest with little sheep wool and goat's hairs. And our great papa, he lined it so, so soft when we were just little eaglet babies. And we got so used to just cuddling down. And, oh, it feels so good. And we just don't understand when he goes to taking his beak and pulling out that lamb's wool and pulling out all of our comfort zone. And oh my goodness, and we get sick like other folks get sick and we get down and we get weary and we feel depressed. We think, what in the world's going on? Maybe he's fixing to nudge you out to take a flight. Amen. He may sit over here in a great big tree and let out a big scream at you. You get up there and you go to hallelujah, glory to God. Whoop, 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 whoop. Be careful now, careful. Oh, Lord, I, I can't do it. No, God, I'll tell you. Hallelujah. Amen, Jesus. Fly, Jesus, fly. Come on, you coward. He didn't give you them wings for decoration. They're made to soar in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, don't you love him? Let's bow our heads if you would. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your presence. Lord Jesus, I pray you would help us. Father, may we not, every time we hear supernatural, miraculous spoke about, may we not identify it with Laodicea. May we not identify it with, Lord, just a street over in California called Azusa. May we not date it to 1906. This predates time. 
This predates the creation of the earth. This is part of who you are. When you spoke and said, let there be, and the prophet said, out of your mouth whirled a light. Glory to God. And that logos came out. Amen. What was it? Supernatural. So supernatural predates Azusa. It predates us. So, Lord, we believe you. Lord God, we have so many needs among us. But, Father, if we've learned anything, we've learned not to try to dictate to you and tell you what to do, how to perform your mighty deeds. We just ask you to move among us in the way you deem necessary. If you want to use a traffic light, we'll obey the light. If you want to send a police officer there and he overrides the traffic light, we'll obey that. We just want, Lord, you to be glorified. Praise God. Manifest yourself among us, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what you've done. We praise you for what you're doing. And we're looking forward for what you're going to do. Our expectation is not just in the millennium, but it's in this very moment. For within one moment from now, the supernatural God could have moved Lord God, in a home, in an automobile, in a pew, removed a tumor, removed a migraine, removed this, fixed that, because that's who you are, Lord. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Harry, can we sing, Only Believe? Now, no matter how deep you are, friends, how many years you've been around the message and how much you think you know. You'll never get away from the simple basics of the gospel of approaching by faith. That is to believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. How many has a need in your life tonight? Your body, maybe your home? My, look at all these needs. Can we just pray together? Maybe you don't feel comfortable laying your hands on the person standing by you, sitting near you, but if it's a wife to a husband or family member to a family member and you feel comfortable doing that, you just do that. Can we offer prayer for one another? We're going to sing this together here. Just, Brother Joel, feel prepared to sing it. Heavenly Father, hundreds of hands were lifted up, Lord. No doubt, out in the streaming audience, there were even more. Each hand signified a need, a request, a desire. I couldn't meet probably a one of them. But Lord Jesus, we're bringing them to you tonight, Father. My God, I think of my brother Randy Gissendanner. Lord, there in the hospital still, Father. Oh God, you see the surgery that he's had and left him with so much pain. Dear Jesus, Extend your hand to my brother tonight, Father. I pray for Brother Eugene Kennedy, Lord. You see his need, oh God. How many times have we called our brother's name to you and we've seen you move over and over again and we're calling once again tonight, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Brother Lewis Lawrence, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Father, the saints down in Brother Tim's church that are still fighting COVID. Brother Ron's church lost another one this week, Lord. 
Oh, Lamb of God, move for your people around the world, I pray, Father. Lord God, others here tonight, not dealing with COVID, but other needs in their bodies and their homes. Lamb of God, in the name of Jesus, may the supernatural power of God move among your people, Lord. Heavenly Father, we believe you, Lord. You are supernatural, and we also are supernatural because we've had a supernatural birth. Lord Jesus, may our faith be quickened to expect and believe. We do our part, our ABCs, accept, believe, confess. That only paves the way for the omnipotence to speak through the supernatural and manifest yourself in the miraculous. We believe you, Lord God. We believe with all of our hearts. But Lord, may you search down deep and we'll be like the man that had the troubled boy that said, Lord, I believe but help thou mine unbelief. That man was honest enough to say that he believed, but he feared there might be an element of something there that would hinder him. We say tonight, Lord God, if there's anything in our hearts, our lives, that would hinder us, help thou our unbelief, Lord. If the fear of failure or the fear of a seemingly unanswered prayer, whatever it would be, move it from us tonight, oh God, In the name of Jesus, bring healing, bring deliverance, bring peace, O God. For all things are possible if we'll only believe. Pick it up a little bit. Believe. Everybody now. Only believe, not just quote, not just say, well, God can do it, but believe he wants to do it for you. All things are possible. Only, sing it like this now, Lord, I believe.
Precious saints, love you in the Lord. Remember the funeral service of Brother Gene tomorrow. If you can come and pay your respects, it'd certainly be appreciated. Pray for the prayers, or pray rather for the for this family that God will just strengthen them and help them during this time. But Joel, come and sing them happy. I made them really sad, I'm afraid. Sure appreciate being back in church tonight. The pastor. Uh, all in all, let's just worship a little bit more before we go, okay? Well, you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. I'd be a fool You are my all and all Sing it to me tonight Oh Jesus Lamb of God Worthy Your name
Dismissed tonight. Lord, sin. 